Guys, I told you last episode I was going to have on a friend and former client, Nathaniel Steele, uh, who is a badass military pilot, or was, I should say. He's still a badass, but he unfortunately is no longer uh, a military pilot because he made it through the gauntlet and went through absolute living hell. And for the first time, he is publicly going to share his story from what it's like inside the military going through COVID. God told me time to go elevate, chosen child. I'm the champ now, not a featherweight. Man, I'm so blessed. I just meditate, peace of mind. That's what you get when you out the way. By any means, I just listen. What Malcolm say, study the game. I'm a student, learn And so, Nathaniel, thank you for telling your story publicly for what is the first time. And, uh, you know, one of the first things I wanted to mention was the fact that despite, you know, being friends and, you know, living very close to each other. The first time that I saw you once I came out to California, little did I know I wasn't just about to die because three days after moving out here, when I was representing you and we connected, I was in DC, you were out in California and I'm not even kidding you. Three days after moving here, I'm unloading boxes, moving in and I hear someone just go Yoder. And I swear to God, I thought I was just going to turn around and get a bullet in my head because no one knew I was out here, but you were just out walking your dog and just so happened to live a baseball throw away from me. So, uh, you know, God works in mysterious ways, connects people in a crazy, you know, scenario all the time. And this is, you know, just another example of that. So, you know, I wanted to, you know, a obviously bring you into the loop now that you're working with me in citizen AG, we'll get into that later, but I wanted people to hear what it's like from being inside the military. So, you know, starting with the mandates and everything that you went through, like walk me through that. So once the DOD mandate, you know, came out and, you know, the Marine Corps told all of you that you're going to have to get vaccinated, like how did that go down? So just, you know, give me a high level run through. Yeah, well, you know, it's one of those stories that's uh, it's not even believable, you know, to me to this day that you move into my, my neighborhood four houses from me after uh, after you represented me, you know, when we sued Biden and the DOD over the vaccine mandate, when you were just out in D.C. and we were talking on the phone at the time, I was uh, I was living in the desert. We were doing some training. So, yeah, some strange. some top secret training shit that yeah. we can't talk about on here. But no, it, it's wild that like like the coincidences. But, you know, it's, it's proved very helpful now that we're working together. It's it's quite easy to, you know, yeah. you know, meet up at home home base, so to speak. But, uh, yeah. you know. That being said, what was, you know, your gut reaction? Because, you know, prior to COVID and everything, like you're planning on serving for, you know, indefinitely, you know, uh, and that all kind of changed your trajectory real quick once that mandate came out. So walk me through that. Yeah. So first of all, everyone had such a different experience in the military. Some people had it really, really bad. So, you know, we were talking earlier how some people got dishonorable discharges and they were just, they were gone. They were cut from the rolls, you know, pretty quickly. Um, you know, since then they've been able to upgrade their, their discharge potentially. And hopefully they're doing that. They should have never had to upgrade their discharge in the first place. No people that were kicked out of the military for quote unquote, failing to obey a lawful order. The first prerequisite of that is that the order that they allegedly failed to obey was actually lawful. And it wasn't, we know that you knew that, and you were able to get through the gauntlet, but like I said, it was a gauntlet. Like, you know, what what was it, like the first rub you it, remember? It, it began long before the mandate, obviously. So 
um, you know, I think it was like January 2020, right? The the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine, whatever it is, right? We don't even know anything about it, but it starts to become available. So, uh, you know, it's and so get your vaccine, stay healthy, which pretty good little piece of propaganda there because in the military, we don't necessarily take a lot more vaccines. It's kind of a myth. Um, we get the, like, the same thing everyone else does and you get a little bit more when you go on deployment for, for the specific area. So, but people are used to taking vaccines when we go places. So, you know, I think between January 2020 and the mandate, you know, August you know 24th, maybe it came out, something like that, about 75% of uh, the military was, was vaccinated, maybe a little bit more even. Like immediately? Over, over time, because eventually, I mean, the way I understand it, you know, the uh, there's it's procurement process. So the vaccines that were procured were basically you know, Pfizer, BioNTech, uh, EUA, you know, vaccine, quote unquote, vaccine. So uh, we were joking about that earlier, too. It's that, you know, air quoting vaccines this whole time. Yeah. So we're not going to sit here and say gene therapy or unknown miscellaneous substances concocted into liquid formation to be injected into you because we still to this date have actually not gotten to the core of like what's in these clot shots and you know like it's funny you even you even you know mentioned already like the pfizer biotech eua like eua fda approval comirnaty and pfizer biotech are four very different things it's like none of which actually work together at all. None of which are the same, none of which even remotely relate to each other, other than the fact that the Comirnaty and EUA happen to line up allegedly. But they, you know, first things first, I'm pretty sure everyone knows that there were two different vaccines. Like the Pfizer-BioNTech was not the Comirnaty vaccine. And they tried to pass it off like it was by claiming they're interchangeable. Yet on the EUA itself, it literally says that they're, quote, legally distinct. And, you know, the rub, obviously, you have the public pressure coming in from, or not the public, but the, the pressure from the military to, like, get your shot, da-da-da, you know, fall in line, do what you're told. Uh, some of you guys just said, yeah, like, when the time comes, I'll, uh, you, know, you guys just were like, what? Like, when if there's a mandate, there's a mandate, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but I'm not doing it unless I have to type thing. Yeah, so I changed uh, command. So in the military, you, you work for a command, um, different unit. And I, I did that around April, May of 2020. So prior to that, you know, I had, a, I had a, what did we say, a cool boss, right? And he just kind of said, hey, you know, these shots are available. If you feel like you want one, help yourself, right? So a lot of people help themselves. And <laughs> it's, you know, if you really think about it, and, you know, I, I think back, it's the military is in a strange place because I knew a lot of people that were excited to get, you know, their vaccine. I knew a lot of people that were super scared of COVID and, you know, they they tricked me for like maybe you know three weeks maybe four weeks when it, when it all started when it first started yeah like because you didn't know I mean right. like you're seeing people literally I mean people were dying right but like they didn't now tell you that it was targeting like the morbidly obese people that had like you know diabetes like it was people that had pre existing con- conditions it yeah. wasn't just healthy able bodied men in their twenties and thirties like dropping yeah. dead uh, but the vaccine. And I mean, like, look at athletes, but you know, we'll get into that later, but you know, so they trick you a little bit. Other people, you know, probably aren't, don't have the same wherewithal and you're not like low level. You weren't like enlisted as like a low level soldier. Like you're like an officer. Right. Yeah. So, you know, try and just give you my background for, for everyone briefly. So I was, uh, you know, a captain, uh, in the Marine Corps at the time. Uh, that's when I I left this, you know, the Marine Corps as a captain. So I went to, went to school, got my undergraduate degree. Uh, went through officer candidate schools that we we call it so 10-week program um in 2015 you know re- received my commission in 2015 my job eventually was a helicopter pilot 
Uh, I flew the Cobra, so I went to, to flight school for a couple of years. Came out to California in 2018. You know, progressed second lieutenant, first lieutenant, and then uh, you know, captain in the in the fleet is what we call it. So went out and did the real job for uh, about four years. When you say the real job, does that mean like bombing shit? No, no, I just mean like I was I was doing my you know my job and. Um, do you have bombs on Cobras or is it like mostly like like machine guns? Like what do you what's all on a Cobra? I'm actually curious. It's uh it's the it's the way I understand it in America or it's the only helicopter um that has air to air missiles, so that's our little cool thing. So like we can shoot down planes. But we have, you know, air to air to air missiles, air to ground missiles, um a machine gun and rockets. So Are they fifty cals? No, it's uh it's bigger. Bigger than a fifty cal like the machine like the It's a twenty millimeter round, so it's it, it's no joke, like it's just it's it's quite large that's that sounds fun you know at times the you know, job was was all right but uh, unfortunately i was it was cut short so i was you know grounded from flying um within three days of the vaccine mandate in august you know about 28th i think of of 2021 so, so they're like get the shot and you're like hold up the time's up like 72 hours like it was just right off the bat just cut your ability to fly yeah, so, you know, in in the spring, again, um, I was the only officer in my unit. So I was in a squadron, uh, about 350 Marines in total, about 60 officers, and we're all pilots. Uh, I was the only officer that wasn't vaccinated, and there was, you know, a couple, you know, junior guys uh, that were enlisted that, that weren't vaccinated, but... And it was just like, it literally immediately, the first thing comes to mind is like that meme where it's just like a sea of people, and there's just a, one dude like looking at him with the speech bubble, it's just like you're all wrong and that was you so like i mean what was that like first of all like without even getting into the legal stuff and like what they did like what was it like to know every day when you're going to like base that you're the only dude and i'm presuming that they, other people knew you weren't vaccinated right like yeah, how many yes yeah. yeah, so like i mean i'm sure they weren't quiet about so like what was it like to just be like that one guy you know so as an an officer right there you're they're expected to set the example um that's the whole basis for our job. So well, you did a good job, in my opinion. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think I can agree with that. But you know, there's there's people in your ear. So my my boss is what we called an executive officer. He was a major. Um, he's kind of like the COO of the squadron. So he, he runs the day to day, and then the CEO is was a lieutenant colonel. So that's an O five. And uh, you know, they they were they were in my ear. Like I had, I had closed door meetings where I got the the finger point. You know, like right in my face, um, tell me I'm a, a terrible example, a bad person. What do you do when they do that? Like they're pointing at you. Like were they yelling or were they talking? It's it's mostly talking, but you know, there's it got heated a couple times, uh, and even later on. So because my ordeal dragged on for so long, I kept you know bouncing around and moving the new commands. They just try and like offload you, so I get new bosses. And you know, I was I was happy to stand my my ground, but over time you start to, uh, you know, just getting ahead. You start to like see that you're kind of like winning, or you're, you're like you're, things yeah, are like going you your stand way. Stand firm, and then they start to get like even more. You start to see them like crumbling. Then it's like you just like you know yelling at them, which is kind of the louder they get, the easier it is to just stay calm and say like yes sir, no sir. Like it's yeah. it's when they get angry, that's when you're like uh oh, <laughs> like someone's triggered. Like yeah. you know you're winning. So that actually got easier over time with the experience also i'm guessing but then like yeah. the other bullshit on top of it was what got hard yeah so like i said i was i was grounded immediately um in august of 2021 and uh i never never got to fly again um which you know 
I was still serving and I was still, I was, I was still doing something for, for the country. And I was, I, my mission at that point became to, you know, fight the, the vaccine mandate. Um, and, you, and you did a hell of a job because people, there's so many people like, Oh, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. They were forcing it. Exhibit a, you got honorably discharged. You made it through the entire time and you are still a pure blood. So I call that a win, but you know, that being said, it wasn't easy. And, you know, I want you to tell, you know, a little bit about some of the, the experiences where it's like, you mentioned something about like when you guys were at like shot X and, and like, they didn't even, they just had like the needle just already juiced up. Yeah. Just like, just walk in, boom, needle. Like, yeah. what was that like? Yeah. So just real quickly again, I, I don't, I, I want to tell my story, but I don't want to make it all about me because I feel that there's just so many people that were like, everyone had a very different experience, you know, throughout this whole ordeal. And some people got, you know, a very, a very bad deal. So, you know, once I was ordered to get the shot, what they did is they uh, conducted what's called a shot X in the military. So the commanding general of uh, what's called the MAW, so the air wing. So he's, he oversees anything that flies uh, in Southern California. And, you know, he came out with an order and he said, like, everyone who isn't vaccinated is, you know, going to get <clears throat> the shot. And in a military order, it tells each division what to do. So, you know, the healthcare division, medical, um, was supposed to conduct the shot X, which is an efficient, you know, standard way we, we kind of do things. They say, hey, there's, you know, we need to get a lot of people vaccinated with something. So they set up a special day. The medical team is not doing their normal, you know, their normal duties. We're just like putting shots in arms. So it was something I had contemplated that was, was going to come up, me and everyone else. So like I said, uh, I think about 75% of people voluntarily got it, um, <clears throat> the, the vaccine. And so, like, are you saying 75% like military-wide or like just at your just, base? Just that I'm aware of, you know, so. Like at, at your base, you mean? Or? Yeah, at the base. So, you know, I, my unit was about 75% uh, vaccinated. So. And how many, pe like, how many people were at your, like you were at, what, what base were you at? Oh, so I was at Camp Pendleton. Um, and I'm not exactly sure on the numbers there, but I think it's about 80,000 Marines are stationed there. So. You know, it's close to like half of all the Marines that are uh, on active duty, you know, are in Camp Pendleton. It's, it's, oh, so this is like a this is like a big ordeal, like the shot X thing. It's like line them up, knock them down. Well, again, so I'm just part of the wing, so like we're a little bit smaller. Okay. You know, like I um, fall under a group, which is like a go squadron group, and then a wing. So the wing, I don't know how many people are in that, but um, you know, for the sh for the shot X, there's probably you know like one to two thousand people that were. Um, received their medical care from this treatment facility so we're probably looking at about a thousand people that you know needed to get their their clot shot and yeah so then it, so when it comes up to your turn you, you like go in and what like what happened so i went in and um you know it was a an experimental eua drug so they are required by law to you know get, tell you something right um so i had to fill out this piece of paperwork so you know you're like this is step one so i fill it out uh, I sign it right mm -hmm. saying I'm getting a vaccine, blah, blah. And it just says, you know, like Pfizer on it. So like the handwriting, Pfizer. It just said Pfizer, yeah. like it, not anything. And this all like transpired again within, uh, from the time the mandate came out to the time they did this was about three days. So I, I was pretty well educated on a lot of things, but my, my time to figure out like what, what is really going on here? It wasn't a lot of time, right? So I think that was probably the main objective was to yeah. prevent people from figuring it out right. by doing it so quickly. Yeah. And so uh, you know, I go over there. Um, 
and funny enough, before I even got in there and signed that piece of paper, I I just you know could kind of tell things were weird. Because there's like different people were going around. There was like conversations. You know, you could just sense something. There, there was drama in the air. It was like everyone. First of all, everyone who was there didn't want this, right? So we talked about it. Some people had a religious objection. The basis, the primary basis of my objection was a legal objection. That's how you and I fought it. You know, keeping in mind some of the religious you know, elements of it. But. Yeah, you're like, I have sincerely held religious beliefs that prohibit me from doing this. However, I shouldn't even need to be exercising my First Amendment right because what you're telling me to do is unlawful to begin with. Right. And that's like the angle that we fought on. Um, so, I mean, then fortunately, you did have some of that legal background, like you just mentioned a little bit ago. Uh, you know, if it's under EUA, there's certain like provisions and, and, and things that have to be presented to you information wise, one of which is, what are you injecting me with? Yeah. So I go in the, into the medical uh, you know, treatment room, right? So it's not a doctor who's coming in to give you a, a shot. So it's a, it's a nurse, and we call it a corpsman. Um, so the Navy you know, administers medicine for the Marine Corps. So this corpsman's in there. Um, you know, a g- good kid, right? But he he's just got a needle, right? And, like, there's no vial. There's no nothing. So Just, like, a, just a kid and a needle just being, yeah. like, roll your sleeve up, dude. So yeah. it's like, you know, like, you know, what is that? Right. And it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's Pfizer or whatever. It's like, no, nah, I'm going to need, need some, some more info. So eventually I got a doctor in the room and they're supposed to give you this fact sheet. Right? So I finally got, got the fact sheet from them. And it's a whole thing about like, oh, it's EUA. Did you have to fight over that fact sheet? Yeah. I mean, I had to like tooth and nail every, like, it was just a grind to do yeah. the most basic of things that you're like, that they're legally required to do. So they were, I mean medical right someone i'm not sure who a doctor was 100 percent complicit in <laughs> we don't need to cover the whole like conspiracy here right but you know they were complicit in this that's why they were filling up shots ahead of time and, and the bot like in the needles um i mean notably i just want to plug this you said conspiracy not conspiracy theory because a conspiracies are real it's when you know two or more people engage in a endeavor that is seeking to obtain uh, unlawful means or do so through uh, an unlawful act. And, uh, you know, a good example would be Jeffrey Epstein and uh, that list that Bill Clinton's on. But ironically, no one else has been charged in that. But like this was a conspiracy, like the doctor, the federal government, big pharma, like there was a concerted effort and it's been proven that it was illegal time and time again now. But at this point, we're back in what, like this was August 2021? Correct. So like a lot of the stuff that we know as we're talking in February 2024, we knew back then, but the general public didn't know, the courts didn't accept, and it hadn't been proven yet. And now, you know, looking back, it's easy to just say, yeah, this was all bullshit. But like you're pioneering this really. And like in arguably the the most hostile of grounds because you don't even just have a direct line to the court and we'll talk about the court process later but you know so you're fighting them getting like the fact sheet like just basic like here is the black letter law can you follow it and yeah. it's a grind so I give you the fact sheet what did then then what happened oh, i mean i got a i got the whole runaround i got the uh the explanation that Hey, you know, the, the EUA formulation is the same as, as Comirnaty, which do we know that? I don't know. Um, the same formula because some low level attorney in like the DOJ wrote a memo and said they're interchangeable. Yeah. Yet I want to see what's something that's quote interchangeable when it's also quote legally distinct from one another. So they're like passing one vaccine, the BioNTech off as the FDA approved EUA 
or not FDA approved, whatever this bullshit stuff yeah. that they came up with, they changed so many times. The EUA, the you know emergency use auth, emergency youths. Damn it! Why? Yeah. That's hard. I keep saying like euthanasia. It's like whatever comes that's out of basically it. what's the other thing. Yeah, to do. I mean, maybe that's why I keep trying to go that emergency use authorized, uh, community, and then is that was that on the fact sheet? Did it tell you Pfizer BioNTech specifically? Yeah, I said this is you know like an experimental drug. I finally got them to show me the vial, right? So this is you know Pfizer BioNTech says EUA on it, and um, on the label. Oh yeah, I mean it's like you know the the original the, shot. So the actual vaccines though said BioNTech and EUA, which I mean if it, it, like printed on the actual that's such a blatant violation of law because it wasn't, it never was. Right. That's wow. So, and like labels a big deal. Like labeling yeah. vaccines and like especially with medications and EUA, like the labeling is is a massive massive deal, especially with like lot numbers and stuff. Right. So if you were if you were a doctor, which military wide the doctor you know all these doctors signed off on this there's only a few doctors that ever stood up and said no right and they got their asses like just yeah. ripped and it's, it's like it's literally like three of them i think in total across the whole military i mean there's a couple of people behind the scenes basically but um they they did this like they signed off on that and so they have no business practicing medicine i mean it's, it, do you think that it's possible that there's certain people like there are certain doctors that genuinely didn't know or understand no you you think every... I, I interacted with that particular day two doctors i had to keep interacting with doctors because i kept getting ordered to get the shot because they would keep it was move counter move and they'd come up with something new every month they'd go get a shot and then no or but i'd have to go there because it's they'd give me like five orders right like order one is you will do this order two is you shall go to the doctor order three is you shall procure a note from the doctor saying what you did oh they, they broke they they were like okay we're not letting him weasel out of this like by being vague like we're giving right. him step by step orders right. and like you you eventually like the orders didn't work because uh, they were all unlawful uh but you you ended up like actually getting charged like with crimes didn't you right so um yeah put me on the spot i'm probably gonna forget all of them now but it was three of them right so you know one of them was you know failure to obey a lawful order wrong you know unlawful order uh another one was you know dereliction of duty um another one I, you know, i'm forgetting now but basically just you know bad bullshit exam. yeah what would what was the duty that they claimed that you were derelict of doing oh geez i don't know it's like that, be, they, be, being medically ready i suppose or like it's just oh the oh the yeah the military readiness argument that somehow if you weren't vaccinated the military wouldn't be ready but it's like it's kind of like a catch-all right and, and you know, it kind of makes sense. Like, you know, the military expects you to behave to a standard above that standard a certain way. And so, you know, yeah, they, they're painting you like, I think that those were two of the same charges that like, like Bradley Manning, like Chelsea Manning or whatever yeah. the hell. And, and like Bo Bergdahl were charged with, like, those are not just like, no. And so I, I don't know now because I, I, I didn't the charges were dropped eventually but the way i understand it, they're basically felonies so uh if if they had stuck if i was prosecuted i would have been dishonorably discharged that would have followed me around for life and i it would have like repercussions implications on my ability to secure employment potentially uh like buy a firearm to protect myself for my family or my community just you're not where you want to be, right? So, but you were willing to like face the charge. Like they they were dropped eventually, but you were like, I will look that like square in the eye. Well, you know this because we, we yeah. I mean, when 
we talked first week of September, you know, you, you advertised on Instagram that you were suing the administration and I called you up. Or I think I sent you something and we, we got in touch and I was you know grateful and fortunate to be a plaintiff to a, you know, represent myself, but to be a part of what you were doing. But more importantly, I was like, you know, can we, can we sue Biden? And you're like, I think so. <laughs> I was like, I'm, we're, we're going to, Yeah. I'm like, I'm, Yes, I'm sure that we yeah. we can. I need to figure out what the mechanism is, and the the, the issue is just that that t- that that pull and play between the military and like the federal courts, because like we don't want our military just to be able to like run to like you know federal district court. It, you need to have that separation, otherwise you're just never going to be able to have a disciplined military. But the problem is, is like what happens when you have tyrants running our military from within? Like those are things that weren't contemplated in legislation. So like that was where the issue was. But the answer, by the way, is yes, you can. If you're in the military, sue Biden. It just takes a little bit longer, but 100% you can. So thank God too, by the way. But yeah, I was just go back to what you're saying. I wanted to, you know, hit home on like, you're literally facing like (laughs) felony charges equivalent. Well, this is where I, I, well, it's not funny, but it's, it's just, I was learning about, the military justice system on the fly, which I never expected to have to learn about that. I was learning about the, you know, the civil suit justice system on the fly because I never thought I'd have to worry about that. And at the same time, I was trying to just maneuver the day in, day out, you know, bullshit, pressure, harassment I was going through. So, and you're like, I fly planes. Like, you're a pilot that is now studying medicine, studying law, yeah. studying, like, the, the, you know, martial law within the military and then trying to just like sustain as a human with like the pressure of hundreds of, you know, fellow Marines and then like top down pressure every day. And that's like for months, like it's, it's not yeah. just like at once. Cause like you, you can only speak for yourself when you're going into these, you know, routinely getting called in. Like, yeah. dude, like I can't even imagine the amount of stuff that was going through your head every day. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it, it would just kind of, I had to go with my life. Um, but again, I was still there. I was still in the fight. So that, that kept me motivated. Whereas the basis for that was I uh, had obtained, you know, six years in the military and as, as an officer. So I was what's considered career designated. So basically, you know, pending a legal issue, for example, I was welcome to stay in the military until retirement kind of, kind of thing. Um, so that's something that's granted to officers and, you know, staff, staff, non-commissioned officers. So that would be like your, your staff sergeants. Once you, hit six years you know you, you sign on the line and then you're like you're part of the system so you have additional recourse you know, kind of thing so you have to understand that anyone that didn't obtain that level of rank and seniority yet they were just they're like a line in the military can just they just cross your name out and then you're gone it's like it's like get get vaccinated or you're going to be dishonorably discharged and there's nothing you can do about it like you don't even yeah. get to question it. Yeah. And so the, the effect of that really is that there was a lot of Marines, sailors, soldiers, people across the DOD that ended up getting the shot, right? Because they were staring down the barrel of a gun. I was, I was kind of like the gun was coming for me, but you know, they were like, if they, if you don't get it, you're done within like this month. Right. And then you're getting a disarmable discharge and now you go home to mom and dad, which you know, a lot of people in the military come, they're trying to escape something and they don't have money and resources yet. Right. So they're like, this is really bad for me. Like I, I came here to get better. Right. I came here to serve my country and learn skills. And you're going to kick me out. You're going right. to, you're going to take 
away like everything that I've like I'm willing to put my life on the line for this country and you're going to take it all away because I don't want to inject myself with something that you don't even know what's in it that at this point I think we also kind of knew that they weren't working no like we knew that they weren't working and then they start coming out with more and more second shot third shot booster this that and you're like hold up like none of this shit's making sense and like I like how you described that how like they're staring down the barrel of a gun and you're like haha like can't catch me like you know like they're trying to you know put you in their yeah. sights but by the time that they actually got crosshairs on you you're the one that's like oh by the way here's my tank because yeah. this narrative just started to unravel yeah so the, the, to me the worst the people who had it the worst were the ones who got the shot thinking you know this would you know take you know take the spotlight off me I'd be okay and there, there weren't a ton of uh, adverse incidents that I personally know, but you, we, we've talked about it. You look at the stats, people are injured from the vaccine. I know people personally who got myocarditis and had to have surgery and all that. So even though these vaccines had been sitting on the shelf you know, for over six months when they got the first shipment in and they were passing them off as being commonality when they weren't, those people had it the worst that took the shot to stay in and that's my, my preference. The people didn't have seniority, you know, they were, they were kicked out, got their dishonorable. And now they're, you know, trying to decide how to upgrade it or, or figure it out. And then you had a few other classes of people who are left. So I had a client that had a known condition because of allergies to, you know, the, the preservative that was within vaccines knows that he, he can't receive that medical reasons. And he, he he'll he'll have seizures. I mean, it it obviously if it's something is so bad that it causes seizures, like that's not something you want to put in your body. Right. He was ordered to get vaccinated, and this man is a father, uh, a husband. He has you know three kids, sole income provider. He's eleven months away from retirement after twenty years of service. Eleven months away, and you're staring down the barrel of like, what do I do for my family? He went in, got the vaccine, and. 45 seconds after being inoculated on the ground, hit his head out cold and seizing woke up in a hospital at the hospital. They called, uh, you know, his commander and on the phone, when they start telling him what happened, the only thing he says is you have two weeks to get the second dose. And I have the recording of it. That's crazy. And this man is like, like I just like, I could have died. I mean, he hit his head. He could have died. And the military is saying it's so important to get vaccinated because of a potential slight chance of preventing the spread of a virus that isn't even fatal for the vast majority of people with a vaccine that's not a vaccine, with protection that is very limited, that doesn't even exist or work, and is actually more dangerous in and of itself. And they're that hellbent. Like... I can't think of something that is more offensive to like the notion of what our military should stand for and like the protection of this land and the protection of the laws and especially the constitution that officers like you take an oath to defend, like you take an oath to the constitution, not to the president, not to leaders within the military. And you're saying, I don't give a shit if this kills you because I'm told that I need to force you to do this. And I care more about me than I care about you. I care more about me than I care about this country. And I'm going to continue just following orders. And the only thing I can think of when I look at that is the Holocaust, because just following orders, that's the same shit that the guards at Auschwitz said, and people still did it. The craziest, you know, one of the very insane things to me, I've heard other 
anecdotes for people that are like in a similarly situated as me, right? That were able to uh, request, like officially request meetings with a higher um, authority. So I sat down with with the colonel at one point who commanded uh, the air group. Um, And he's like, like, that's like a big dog, right? Like he's... Yeah, so his his responsibility is about you know twenty five hundred Marines, um, but also like it's, it's basically what's called like the model manager. So he decides, you know, like this helicopter we have, we have Hueys and Cobras, um, and Ospreys were also in the mag, but he he was the model manager for like the Huey and Cobra, right? Like you know, a Vietnam era. That's where it started at, and it's like grown and it gets better. And the reason it gets better is it's one of his responsibilities to figure out like you know what else we want to do with this this helicopter and he's like pretty much one of one like he goes he flies to dc he meets with bell and they they kind of plot out like what's going to happen but you know i got i requested a meeting with him and over time i ended up having a number of meetings and initially his attitude was just you know like stonewall like i'm not i have a piece of paper from him saying like you know i'm not i'm not even going to talk to you and that was my initial initial response right he just said you know like i refuse to see you but over time you know, as things developed, he basically came out and said, uh, in no uncertain terms that like, you were right. You were doing the right thing. Uh, you know, I wish I could have fought for you, but I have to do my other responsibilities. And part of that is very true. Like I, I'm still conflicted about this personally because, um, ultimately he has responsibility to everyone in, in the 2,500 Marines, uh, and to also oversee his job and to just look out for me and maybe a handful of other people. It's, it's difficult, but you know, if, if he'd just taken a stand and if everyone along the way had just done what they were supposed to do, we would absolutely not be in this circumstance. Yeah. Not, like, I think that hits a really important point because it's like everybody says, like, you know, take a stand, and myself included. Like, I always say, like, take a stand. Do not do things that you know are morally wrong or things that you know are against what like God put you on this earth to do. Just do what's right. It's not a battle of, you know, liberal, conservative, or Democrat, Republican, or pro-military, or anti-military, or pro-America, or not. It's it's literally as fundamental at its core as good versus evil. And you know what's right as a human. But the problem is, you know, and perhaps I need to appreciate this more, is, you know, it really puts into perspective. If you don't have a group of people that are taking a stand together, like a lot of the times you're just on a chopping block. You could be really high up. Like you said, he's like 2,500 people over, you know, overseeing 2,500 Marines. They just nix him next. Right. And they just step someone up. So you need to have like, it's, it's resistance in mass, but the more people that do it, it, the hardest part is being the leader, the first, and you get people together. Yeah. That's where it gets easier, the more and more and more and more, but it's a really hard snowball to take. I mean, like you took it with the military. I took it within like the legal profession as being one of the first lawyers to even speak out on this and start publicly filing. But you know, it, it is true though. Like resistance does not allow this to manifest at the end of the day, point blank. Like that's as simple as it is. I think absolutely, absolutely agree. And what we have to think about and consider now is that, you know, think about who's left in the military, right? So like, I'm not saying I'm, uh, I'm a perfect human being. I'm deeply flawed. I you know messed up a lot of times. Right. And I, I learned, but, um, between the vaccine mandate and, we can cover all sorts of things that are happening in the military. It brings a new meaning to a cockpit, if you get where I'm saying. I mean, like, we value the uh, sexual orientation over one's uh, flying skill set. But, yeah, every time, you know, these things happen, right, The you either get rid of good people or you force people to quit because they can't deal with it. And then 
you're, you're just creating a, a bigger system of the people who are morally flexible <laughs> and, <laughs> and remaining in the position. So it's just, yeah, I mean, they're more than flexible, <laughs> more than just morally flexible and there remaining in one position. I mean, hopefully they haven't turned in, you know, the Pentagon to the U S Senate chambers. Uh, ironically, he was not charged with any crime for engaging in published hardcore fornication, uh, in the U S Senate chambers, but you know, people that were there saying a prayer, uh, were, but not, you know, I digress. The problem is, is like, we, we just bombed Syria like three days ago, four days ago. And I don't know if our military is capable of like ensuring nothing happens here. I genuinely don't like, what is, what is your take? I mean, you're a pilot. Yeah. Like what, what is your take on it? I don't, I mean, the, the army's huge. The Navy's bigger. The Air Force is, is large. I think right now we're just basically, you know, capitalizing on our technological advantage. And, you know, we do kind of have one for a while, but we, we're complacent, right? So what, 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 like, you know, they teach you from the very beginning, like what wins wars is people. So it's not always going to be like, you know, the guy on the ground, infantryman with his rifle and boots, but you know, most wars end up in those kind of situations. I mean, turn on the television, look at a war or a conflict that's occurring right now and you can have the fanciest shit and a huge advantage but you know when it comes to slogging it out there's not a ton of people anymore that are willing to slog it out and there's no advantage to joining the military now no i mean i in th- like i think one of the the hardest realities is that balancing you know the desire to serve the country and to turn the military around and the willingness and the you know the selflessness to join with that aspiration and then the pragmat you know the pragmatic component of that which is you can't that's too structured and built in a way with too many people in the high level established positions where no matter what you do you have to make change from the top down and the highest you know top brass are already sold out in every branch it's not just the marines it's 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 throughout the entire armed forces and like if we have good people joining the military now they're going to just be compromised and it's almost like painful to watch but it's like let them let it eat itself alive in a way because like how else can you fix that problem i mean you can vote and actually do something and restructure the whole military and gut it but that's obviously a massive overhaul but it's, it's one of those things where most times they will run it into the ground until the wheels come off and people are going to lose their lives in that process because of the stubbornness and like the, the little man syndrome and Napoleon complexes that these assholes right. have. And there's a lot of that in the military from what I understand. Well, it's extremely problematic right now because, you know, traditionally, uh, if you're you know a male in America and you you need something to do and you got some pent up energy and maybe you have had some troubles or maybe you don't have the education, where do you go? You go to the military, right? And so my dad did. Yeah, I mean, he was getting in fights left and right. He's like, I'm going to literally die if I stay in my hometown because he just went to high school and he's like, yeah. you know, and he was actually in the station out of Long Beach. He was in the Navy. Um, he was on the USS Hornet during Vietnam, and, but he's like, I went to the military because I had nowhere else to go. Yeah, and now. Well, it's a conundrum because it's, you know, my, my position is I can, I will not recommend, and I'll take it a step further than that. You know, if you are, you know, competent and you think you want to join the military and you, you really want to serve, I just, I don't recommend it right now. I just, like you said, the, the wheels need to come off. They need to experience, you know, some, some pain in the military as, as an organization and figure out what it stands for, 
you know, like what the, what the mission is, like being able to fight wars, being able to win wars, being able to do what our country needs us to do. And we're getting torn apart or pulled apart by conspiracies, by vaccines, by other rainbow flags rainbow and flags. all kinds of like other conflicts where it's like things that our priorities are out of whack. That's like really what it like at the most rudimentary level. What we prioritize is bullshit. And the things that we need to care about and the things that we need to be concerned with, like the fact that our quote unquote president, our, our, our resident in the White House can literally call other countries and they'll just be like, eh, send them to voicemail. Like we literally have foreign nations ignoring the United yeah. States of America right now. Meanwhile, you have more military aged men from China crossing our southern border than ever before. We have an unprecedented number of illegal aliens in this country, 22 million, when the largest population, uh, largest spread in, in terms of a presidential election was 17 million votes. And then now they're calling to legalize all these people and just naturalize them so they yeah. can vote across the board. I mean, if people don't understand that the border crisis is both about erasing the American identity and flooding in a population because they know that they're going to lose an election and that's the only way that they can win because they've used every other arrow in their quiver at this point and that the people that are opposing it like Ken Paxton and you know Greg Abbott in Texas and the 25 other states that are backing that, that's about safety. That's about just basic principles of economics and common sense. And, you know, it, it's it's so insane to me that people still support these open border policies because i guarantee you if you send this to any of your liberal friends and ask them do you support the open border and they say yes and be like would you house a mexican in your house they're gonna say no yeah because they just think that these problems are they, they want the virtuous or you know gratification of saying i'm doing the right thing without having any cognizance as to like what that actually entails it's like i want to say i support something I don't want to actually support it, but they're too afraid to speak out against it because like their friend groups will think different of like, fuck your friends, get better friends. Right. You know, it's like, we're at a point now where people need to realize that you can't bury your head in the sand anymore. Cause it's getting really, really bad. And did you know that you can amend the constitution, which is something that, you know, I, I know that's a quick segue. People are like, what? Like point being is you, we can amend the constitution without, going through Congress. Did you like, did you know that there's a way that you can actually amend the U S constitution with zero congressional involvement? Well, I don't know the exact specifics, but yeah, if you get enough people together, the people are the, you know, the ones who actually you know govern around here. So it's just a matter of remembering that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, well, I was going to say something that I'm going to refrain from saying publicly <laughs> based on the scrupulous nature of which the government reviews everything I post, but this, it's, uh, it's under Article 5 of the Constitution. Article 5 of the Constitution provides a means citizens can amend the Constitution, and Congress has absolutely no say by calling what's called a convention of the states. If you get 34 states together, every state will convene. They send one delegate. Congress has to. The word is shall in the constitutional text. They have to convene a convention of the states. You send one delegate. You propose constitutional amendments. If you win by a simple majority on a, like, you know, 26 votes in favor of the amendment, then it goes back to the states for ratification. If it hits 38 states, that amendment stands. We have currently, I believe it's 28 states that have active legislation on the books for a convention of the states. If we're able to get six more, we can completely bypass Congress. Vote on those amendments, restrict the federal government's power, rein them in, and then you need four more to ratify it. And if people aren't against reducing federal power, they're out of their minds. And it puts Democrats in a conundrum because 
they love power leaders like newsom that has like ran the state into the ground you have you know all these liberal you know governors what better you know power grab to pit a, that governor against the federal government under a liberal administration by restricting the federal government's power like it's so antithetical to what they want but now you're finally putting them in the predicament to choose between party and personal preference and i want to see that happen because if you make it in a, you know you draft these amendments properly why would you not want to restrict the federal government's power like you're out of your mind if you want to give them more they're the most irresponsible entity on the face of this earth yeah. honestly financially decision making wise use of force or threat it, it's it's absurd that these are the people well so, you know people are listening some percentage of people are just going to you know hear this and think oh like you know that's that's not how, that's not a solution we can't get it done but you absolutely can for one and for two during this whole covid vaccine debacle you know i saw all these people they were petitioning you know their congressmen they were they were going places they were talking to their senators they were trying to do all this stuff and nothing like there was it was dead right like the congress had no ability to rein in the department of defense it's too intertwined there's too much tick for tack give me this give me that horse trading like people don't understand like the fact that we have like party whips like a majority whip like yeah. the fact that you need a whip <laughs> like it is exactly what it stands for it's literally whipping votes yep. and like getting parties to align like you're not going to get anything through the machine that is congress it's just it's like chewing on gum it never goes away it yeah. might get a little bit smaller and it's all it's going to end up happening is it's just going to start to taste like shit but it's still there right. that's what congress does with every idea with all legislation like if you go through other means Look, I mean, look how quick they could do things with executive orders when they didn't have oh, to go through quick. Congress. Real yeah. quick, with a swipe yeah. of a pen, they can ruin millions of lives. Yeah. But you don't go through Congress because it doesn't get done. And I'm not saying everyone in Congress is bad or evil, and I'm not incentivizing good people to not be interested or run for Congress or, or stop petitioning your, your representatives and people in the legislature there. But there's another means to do it, and it's a hell of a lot more efficient, and it's a lot quicker. And the other thing is they haven't been able to game plan it because it's never happened in history. Right. So how are you going to prepare for something that we know that they meticulously plan? That's been proven time and time and time again. Look at our schools. Look at the military. Look at everything that they've done. Yeah. They carry it out. Look at the Federal Reserve. I mean, the only three presidents to oppose it were, you know, two are dead and the other one's Trump. So, like, they know how to plan shit. Uh -huh. But the problem is, what if we actually plan something that they didn't prepare for, which is what happened in 2016 with Trump getting elected? And it can happen again in 2024, A, by electing him, B... We can circumvent the feds and strip their power by calling that convention, but people don't even know that's a thing, which blows up. I mean, yeah, it, it's crazy. People don't read the Constitution. And it takes it takes some steps to get there, right? We were talking earlier. I was I was saying, you know, I don't recommend people join the military. I would try and talk you out of it, and that's important because if if someone's interested, if you can make that change, you know, in the organization, you you if you put your efforts into becoming a congressman, and you can you know, make that change. Great. I thought I would do like, do well in the military in terms of uh, like getting the changes I want, right? I could fight for things. I can do this. I didn't have any power there. So just what you're proposing, right. Is like, you know, leave the institutions alone for a little while, you know, take a step back and let's figure out how to you know come up with our own plans. Yeah. People need to get creative. We're not in a position anymore as a society where we can just do the same thing over and over again and go through the same machine like there needs to be a new process right. by which justice is obtained and you know i'll be the first to say it our courts are not exactly in the best shape they're pretty beat up and they're pretty you know 
tattered, but they're not entirely defunct. Our courts are still functioning at a sufficient, you know, level. And, and if we don't have justice in the country, we don't have our courts operating. We're not going through that by like the means through lawsuits. We have two other options. We either face tyranny or civil and or revolution within the country. And then the third potential option, which is, in my opinion, the best, is we take power into our own hands as the people by calling a convention, by going through the means that we have to lawfully change it. Like, I'm the last person on this earth that wants to see any sort of violence ever under any circumstance. I don't care what country it's in. I don't care if it's of, of what religion. I don't want violence. And I want to do everything we can to avoid it. And But we have means that we can do so. But, like, you can circumvent it. But people, humans are just so resistant to change. And they don't understand. And they also don't have the attention span anymore because we just scroll through videos after three seconds on our phones. But, like, there are ways we can change this. And people need to pay attention. Like, if you know more baseball stats than you do about con- the Constitution, like, sports ball, get your shit together, dude. Yeah. Like, no one's going to hit a home run and, like, that's going to change the world. Yeah. Like, they literally created sports to distract people from what the government was doing to them. And, and hey, guess what? It's not changed because I'm guaranteeing you that despite my disdain for the city of San Francisco, I am currently a 49ers fan because I don't want to see Taylor Swift going around this country with Travis Kelsey campaigning for Biden after they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's uh... Mr. Pfizer and the most annoying, like, come on. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised I haven't broken up already because, like, that's all she, like, writes about and shit. But, like, if you don't think it's scripted, you heard it here first. Like, I'm calling it. (laughs) The Chiefs are going to win, and they're going to just have all the focus on them, and they're going to just plug Biden left and right. It's going to happen. Well, it's it's funny because you can say people have been saying that and no one listens. It's that all all sports companies are incorporated as entertainment companies, and the reason being is if you're incorporated as an entertainment company, you don't have to follow any kind of rules or you know you just you can game it as much as you want. So, yep. And I mean, I I, I haven't gotten that far into like I don't care about them enough to like invest that type of time into like oh did they like pay the refs off and shit like. I don't really care, but it wouldn't surprise me. Well, it's not illegal, really, because they're not. They're it's not. not I mean, it's not illegal. I, I, but figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, they, like, I'm sure that there's plenty of like fraud or like contractual issues with if 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 it is actually yeah. gamed. But like, I, there's a lot more important things to worry about. Like, I'm trying to prevent violence and strip the federal government of the insane amounts of power that it has. The fact that the federal government thinks it can go into Texas onto Texas privately owned land to quote unquote enforce border policies and immigration. Okay. Like here's where you lost me. Yeah. You're not enforcing anything. Like you can't rely on the supremacy clause to say you can go into Texas at the border because of immigration enforcement. What are you enforcing? You're not enforcing anything. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it's good to take a step back and people need to have interest. You know, I'm not saying write sports off entirely, but like if that's what consumes you and your head is in the sand and you don't have a clue what's going on right now, if you don't know that we're 
you know, that if you didn't know, we just bombed Syria. Like that's a, maybe that should be like a, a that's a prime example of like, get your head out of your ass. Cause like, yeah. that's something that you need to know about. So, you know, we'll see where it's going, you know, on the other side of the coin, I'm going to bring someone on next week. It's a good friend of mine who's involved in the sports world. He's a professional skateboarder. He, you know, is a believer, big Christian, uh, just an all around outstanding guy. And he's not asleep. I'm not saying write sports off. He lives his whole life with sports, but he's still involved, aware of what's going on. And like, you know, he's, he has that faith. And I think that at the end of the day, if people just have faith in God, whether it be moving into a neighborhood four houses away or just having that faith and just believing that you're doing the right thing and just actually investing that faith, like acting on it, you know, we can turn the ship around, but without God, without people willing to stand up, like, you know, people like you, we're on a, we are on the Titanic and we are just playing our instruments. So those things go underwater. That's Yeah. If you, if you told me a few years ago, I'd be here on the the situation now, you know, I, I wouldn't have believed it. It's just, it's, it's completely God's plan. You know, it's, it's designed. Um, there's, there's like the coincidences that have, have happened there. I don't believe him half the time. You, can, you can't make him up, right? It's just There was an atheist that scientifically convinced himself to become a believer because he mathematically looked at the Bible, the text in the Bible, counted the number of instances that were prophesied that actually manifested, and then he looked for any text in the Bible of instances that did not manifest that were like that that were provably wrong. Yeah. Not a single time was he able to find something that the Bible said would happen that didn't happen or didn't not not yet happen. Yeah. So there were things obviously the Bible says like the rapture, you know, talks about things like that in the book of Revelation and, and you know other things of that nature. But 188 examples of instances of prophecy that manifested that he was able to document and 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 you know corroborate. And at the end of it he looked at the statistical probability of this occurring and it was it was so statistically insignificant that it was like unregistered and he immediately was like i made he's like i screwed up (laughs) like my bad and he's he talks about it like how he's a christian now because literally the bible is the text of life and you know people just need to find god again you know there's no better time to find god than the present and like it's never too late people a lot of times are like oh i did some bad things no you, you never did too many bad things you can always find god and you know that's what i implore people to do but thank you for uh for coming on the podcast from that four house journey fortunately harp held the weather delay up well enough that we were able to get this recorded and uh hopefully we'll get that pilot license again because it'd be kind of cool to have a friend that could fly something i, I fly my drone but usually they I, I've hit so many things with that thing, man. Drones are hard to fly. I don't even yeah. know how you fly a helicopter, but they're sick. We should get, we got it. We got to sue the government. That's going to be our goal. I want to sue the government until I'm able to earn enough to buy something for you to fly me around in, whether it be a plane or a helicopter. That's my goal. Well, I, I look forward to, uh, you know, the lawsuits turning out in a way that we can, we can get a helicopter someday. We'll do that. But I'm also stoked, you know, um, I think going forward, even though we're all still kind of fragmented and we're all kind of trying to figure out how to heck to, you know, like collaborate as, as a, a group of people that think about things in a different light, we're getting there. So, yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing though. It's not our job to figure out how to make it work. It's our job to listen to God. And he's obviously brought so many people together for the right reasons, whether it be in our group, whether it be in like, you know, your group as you know, someone listening, just have faith in it and just 
just go along for the ride but don't cave when it gets hard because like when it gets hard that's that's where the real work is done god told me time to go elevate chosen child i'm a champ now not a featherweight man i'm so blessed i just meditate peace of mind that's what you get when you out the way by any means i just listen what malcolm say studied the game i'm a student learn